Hello, and welcome back to the Open Books Podcast. Welcome back, our fellow book lovers, and those of you that just love to hang out with us. This episode is finally here, and I just know we have so much to say. So much to say. Welcome back, y'all. I am so excited. We're here to talk about the much-awaited Haunting Adeline. Finally. I know a lot of people have already finished it, and we recognize that it took us three years to... Yes, so let's, later. Let's be honest, like, how long was it? Two months? Two or months. three? Okay. Well, it was the July. Mm-hmm. We announced it when we finished Pretty Girls. Okay, yeah. So about so two months. it's been a hot minute. <laughs> it took us so long to finish, but we did it. We, we persevered. We did. And to be fair, we had a lot going on. We did. Yeah. But we finally <laughs> finished the book. And I'm glad we read it. And I'm, Me too. And it's going to give us a lot to talk about because I have so many talking points to say and so many things I want to bring up and, like, get your thoughts on. Uh-huh. So it's one that I'm, I am very much glad that we picked and that we read. 100%. I agree with that. I think that it made mm-hmm. both of us realize mm-hmm. a lot of things about our book taste. Yeah, it did. So yeah, it, I'm excited to get into it. It opened my glasses, if you will, my book glasses. Your book glasses. <laughs> yeah, it really gave, gave me a new perspective. I on... had to pop the contact lenses out, <laughs> yeah. put the glasses on, to and really, <laughs> really get the perspective that I needed. To, to to be honest with myself and what I enjoy reading. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah, is being honest with ourselves, with each other, and so all important. of you. It's so important to do. <laughs> So we're going to do that today. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be a long episode, you guys. At least that's what I am. Um, that's what I foreshadow to happen. I am anticipating a long episode yeah, as well. Because the summary is pretty long. It was a really long book. I tried to make the summary as condensed as possible. But, you know, it was a long book. It, yeah, it was Yeah, on the large side. <laughs> it was hefty. It, it was, was rather hefty. It was a husky <laughs> book. But we will do, like, a little recap first, if you will. Yes, I think it's much needed. Yes. So... What are you up to? What is your recap? What is your weekly recap? This past month, mm-hmm. I feel like just flew by. I feel like one second was August. Snap the fingers. Here we are in September. I think like as far as work goes, I've just been learning who I am as an instructional coach and yeah. being true to what I think, Yes, you know, mm-hmm. I want to do. Yeah. And work-life balance. And work-life balance. Yes. I think that's exactly where I was going with that mm-hmm. is like truly trying to what I value in my real like life. Yeah. Like and in your core. Every exactly. Day. Yeah. And making it merge with work. Yeah. Um. Oh, other things though. Josh and I Halloween. started decorating for Halloween. Did y'all? Yes. Y'all and are such Halloween freaks we and are I love it. Halloween people, mm-hmm. favorite season, favorite holiday y'all always have the halloween party like halloween party yes we go all out for halloween we Mm -hmm. uh, we had this is going to be our fourth annual halloween party already um and we have like the 12 foot halloween decorations that you see at home depot where do y'all store those like it's a really good question (laughs) um for the past two months they've been in these giant Mm -hmm. cardboard boxes that you purchase them in Mm -hmm. stacked in our kitchen corner Oh, wow. Like in our dining room area. Yeah. I love that because you know how much I love clutter. Yeah. Just so walking past it every day, like eye twitching. No, I started dusting it because it's just a part of the home decor. But now that we're finally putting them together, um, two of them are in our front yard and mm-hmm. one's still like in the house. Yeah. But to store them, we have to get these massive plastic containers also from Home Depot and just stack them That's like so Tetris funny. to make them fit. Yeah. Um, and they stay there year round. 
Oh, no. Okay. In the attic. <laughs> okay, okay. We, we also store them um, at Josh's, like, Big Graham's house. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, I can't. Okay, can't I got it. That's the one. I'm yeah. thinking, like, they're there all year until Halloween comes? Wait. No, that re- I really did make it sound like that. Like, we just <laughs> store the boxes in the kitchen. All the seasonal decor just waits until it's their turn. In the kitchen. <laughs> we rotate it out with Christmas. No, just for, like, the time being there. Well, I'm so happy. There. I feel like that's going to bring you so much joy to see it, your house, oh, like, decorated. Yes. That's so awesome. much. It's such a cozy feeling. I don't know why yes. I associate Halloween, fall with cozy, but I, I just do. do. I, f- I feel like that's kind of hopefully universal. Like, yeah, I, it is such a nice cozy feeling. Like Sunday, the football's on mm-hmm. the football. Yeah. I'm a sports girl. <laughs> the? the football, <laughs> the game with the balls on the TV. It's on. <laughs> it's on. I know that much. <laughs> How have you been? Okay. Kind of the same as you. So like the first two, well, the first I would say month of school because we've been in yeah. about a month now flew by and it feels like kind of like a whirlwind like I just blacked out and now that things are kind of like settling down I'm starting to hit get the like whoa that's a lot like I'm feeling a little tired I'm feeling like I need to find the work-life balance a little more maybe um leave the work at work come home and be more present at home but I think that a lot of uh if you're a teacher you'll understand or just like in the school system at all even if you have kids who are going to school, you know that it, there's a lot leading up to that first month of school. Mm-hmm. And to get back into the swing of things, it takes a little while. So I'm feeling like, oh, okay, now I just got to find the balance. Like, I'm in it. Find a way to just, I don't know, be more present at home. That's a mm-hmm. that's a huge deal. Yeah, it is. And I 100% agree with you. And I think as long as you recognize it and, like, find areas to work on, then it's fine. Yeah, I think that also saves educators in general from yeah. burnout. Yeah, definitely. Leave it at work. Yeah. And there's some things that you never will and you, you right. won't. Right, right, like right. Like I literally think about the kids all weekend. I'm like, wonder what they're doing this weekend. I know. Can't wait to find out. That's but so sweet. It is, and I love them so much. But I am feeling like, okay, I'm tired. When I One thing I want to work on is when I get home, just like chilling with the kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're like me, but when I get home, like, I can't relax and hang out until, like, certain things are done. Like, I need it to be clean so I feel fresh and, like, a comfortable place. Yes. You do that, too? Yes. That's why I'll set a timer. Ten minutes. You know quick what? Quick tidy up of the house. If it's not done in ten minutes, I just won't get to it. That's such a great idea. I'm going to I'm gonna start implementing that. Yeah. I think it tricks your brain into I think thinking, so too. like, you okay, did, I've cleaned. I've cleaned and I've done something. Yeah. Yeah. And I could tell, like, it, so a lot of times Matt will say, like, it's okay. Just come sit down with us. Like, just come play with the kids. The mm-hmm. dishes, you they can wait. I'm like, right. all right, you're right. I just have to be reminded of that. So I want to just start, like, making it more natural. Just coming home, like, it's it's okay. Right. If there's a pair of shoes on the ground, like, sit down. <laughs> it's okay. Right. Looking at the dust. Yeah. Like, <laughs> using the bathroom, I see the dust on the baseboard. I'm like, absolutely not. I can't do anything until that's <laughs> Get the up. dust rags. <laughs> but, no, I understand that for sure. Yeah, that's something I just want to work on. But that's about it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Cool. <laughs> How about that? Cool. <laughs> that's. So fetch. You know what else is fetch? Good news. So fetch. So fetch. Do you have any good news? Okay. I do have good news. And I think you're going to be like, excuse me? So today, I've been waiting to tell you this because I want to get your real reaction. Today, I spent time with my long lost sister. I have a sister. Is this real? Yes. You really do have a sister? I really do. And okay, this is how it happened. (laughs) I knew you were going to be like, how do I not know this? Like, most people don't, and it's because, well, she's 10 years older than me, and she's from my real dad, 
And so after Hurricane Katrina, which was like, what, 16 years ago at this point, 17 maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She moved away to Oregon. So, and she just like started a new life out there. What? <laughs> I know. It's kind of like my party trick. Like sometimes I'll be like, you know, I have a sister. <laughs> You'll never believe this. You'll never believe this. But it's really cool. So okay. I feel like I'm learning so much about you and I feel like we already know so much. I know. I know. You, I feel like we know everything about each other, but literally this is something that I like, keep in my pocket sometimes. And I'm wow. like, wow. No, okay, plot twist. <laughs> plot twist. So, like, okay, quick story about it. So, when I was, um, I don't know, she's 10 years older than me, so I might have been like 10 or mm-hmm. something because she may have been like maybe almost 18. We found out that like she was my sister from my dad. Like, you know, all of the family drama, all that wow. happened. So, she was integrated into our lives and she was like my sister. Like, I had a big sister for right. like a couple years. Maybe it was, like, four or five years, and then Hurricane Katrina hit. And so she was, like, old enough to yeah. move away, and she had a friend that moved away, and, like, she just did it. Like, she went to Oregon, and she never came back. So that's kind of why, no, like, we just, we never saw each other again, really. I mean, it makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, she, our only connection was our real dad. And mm-hmm. then, so she was in our life for a little while, and then my mom and my real dad got a divorce. Mm-hmm. So it just never, we just weren't really in each other's lives anymore. So she texted me last week and was like um if you're not busy september 10th i want to see you i'm gonna come down like her husband she she said that she had been like oh I really miss my family like i wish i could see them again right and her husband was like he surprised her with tickets to new orleans that is so incredible i know so she came down <laughs> i just am like wow. questions are like going through my head i know there's so like so much backstory yeah it's actually such an interesting like story and part of my life so she came down when we, like, spent the day at my mama Rose's. We saw each other, had pictures. They're so cute. And it was just, like, so lovely to, like, ha- have a sister. <laughs> and, okay. like, when she went to leave, I was like, this is so sad. I wish that, like, y'all lived. I wish we could be sisters. Lived closer. Yeah. But she said it might be in her future to, like, move back home. They live in Portland. I love that. I know. They live in Portland, they live in Oregon. Portland? Yeah. Which is also really cool. It's so cool. She was telling, like, we were, like, talking about all the differences. In, y'all like, need to go visit in Portland. I know. How cool would that be? I know. And she's like. Oregon is so beautiful and so different than Louisiana. So we were just, like, comparing lives and stuff. So cool. So if you don't mind me asking. Never. Literally ask me. I'm an open book. I'm an open book. (laughs) Prior to today, Mm -hmm. when was the last time y'all spoke? Oh, years. Like, it had been probably, like, almost 10 years. It's crazy, right? And oh, we, my like, jaw <laughs> is, like, on the ground. I know. And it'd be one thing if you did, if I had, like, an estranged sister and we never talked. But she was, like, my sister for a, a portion of my life. Like, when right, I was Right, like, younger. y'all were close, right? Exactly. Yes, very, very close. Like, I remember her, like, braiding my hair. She was, like, really into Halloween and, like, spooky stuff. Yeah. So she used to show me, like, movies like The Gremlins. You know, like, the old, like, 80s, 90s, oh, like, horror movies. Oh, she has incredible yeah. and impeccable Chucky, taste. She's, like, obsessed. So, I wrote, like, she was so cool. Wait, sister, <laughs> please move back. Her name back. is Megan. She's so cool and Megan, fabulous. I want to be your friend. I know. Come on, Megan. So cool. So, that is my good news. That's, that was, like, a really the, long story, but I've been waiting to tell wait, you. Wait, no, that's, like, <laughs> the best news. I know, I know. Well, I called up, well, Amanda had called me yesterday. She wanted me to t- do her Pilates class. Yeah. And I was like, I'd love to, but I have a sister coming to town. She was like, excuse me? <laughs> She's what like, did you just say? I've literally been knowing you for a decade. And some people might like eye roll, but our friend group is so close. Like we literally know. We do have everything. A tight knit <laughs> group of friends. Yeah. It's so also massive. Massive. We have a large friend group. Yeah. So she's like, excuse me? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> and so she's flying home in like two days. So I hope she listens to this podcast. because I, I, I told her I, I hope podcast. she does. 
<gasps> so cool, right? I want to meet her. I know. And I want to hang out with her. I know. Hopefully she comes back soon. I, cool? Y'all, I'm in complete <laughs> shock. Like, I, I'm actually speechless. I know. I love how, how like, cool. cool family things like that that people have. That was really cool. I know. I love it. Plot? Me, her, Mother and my, freaking twist. I know. Me, her, and my brother, like, took a picture, and we're like, I don't know. It's just, it, it's just fun and cool to, like, have somebody like that in your yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my good news doesn't even, like, hold a candle, a flame to Anything your good Anything good? I want to hear it. What is your good news? That I had a very low-key weekend. <laughs> that's, that's amazing still. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was lovely. Yeah. I went to a birthday party. Okay. Um, and then what else did you do? Like, what did you do on your low-key weekend? Josh's um, little cousin okay. went to a birthday party. Mm-hmm. And then last night after the party, I went home and I rotted on the couch. I love a rot. Oh, mm-hmm. it was incredible. Um, just watched. I watched the movie Free Guy. I've never heard of that. It's like a gamer movie, mm-hmm. and it utilizes, like, artificial intelligence to help save a game. I don't know. Okay. A lot of people were not into it, but I got so invested. Really? Yeah. Okay. But not I, like other girls. I'm not like other girls. <laughs> I like this gamer movie. I'm a gamer. <laughs> I'm actually a gamer. Um, No, but I was, like, surprised at myself because I would be, like, yeah. eye roll at this yeah, game. Sometimes, I mean, at this game, at this movie. Sometimes, like, certain movies will get you, and you're like, I can't believe I'm into this. But there I was am. something about it mm-hmm. that I was into, and then um, today I went and got my nails done. I love that. And now I'm, we're recording, and now it's just here. been so lovely. Yeah, it's always so nice to have no plans. No plans. But Friday, I can't believe I forgot to say this. I went and had dinner mm-hmm. at um, my mom's house, mm-hmm. and I was so emotional because I was just like, I feel like it's been forever since I've been here. Aww. If y'all don't know, I am extremely close with my family. Yes. Just like Colby is. Mm-hmm. Like, we probably value, talked about it. Like, yeah. Value that time more than anything. Yeah. And it was a few weeks. Wow. No. Since for I like, us, went like there. that is really long. Like, to not spend so time my cup, there. Yeah. So my cup is full okay. now. So you I feel so good. needed that. Oh, yeah. It's so necessary. So necessary. Do you have anything else that you watched that you want to mention? <gasps> yes. Oh, you do? <laughs> Let me. <laughs> jump scare. <laughs> what is it? Spooky. <laughs> okay. Um, hold on. Hold on. Let me find it. I wrote this down. I'm <laughs> waiting 10 hours later. Don't worry, darling, with Harry Styles and Florence Pugh. Am I, I saying that right? Yes. Pugh? I've seen it. I loved it. Why is it so good? Okay. Don't say the whole thing because I fell asleep. Of course I did. Uh, okay, so well, I have a while I just saw it's left. on Netflix. It is, mm-hmm. it's everything I've been looking for in a show. So basically, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it, it's set in the 50s in this experimental community. Mm-hmm. And the main character, Alice. Yeah, I think that, I think yeah. Her mm-hmm. name's Alice. It is. Like, basically starts to think and see things that are like, wait a second. What's going Do- on? <laughs> Anybody see this? She's like, who the fuck's up? <laughs> but basically, the husbands go to work, and the wives get to, like, live this luxurious lifestyle. Yeah, and they just have to, like, be beautiful and clean the house right. with, like, their boobs out. With their <laughs> boobs out, <laughs> yes. And she, not to mention, is the most gorgeous person she, I've ever seen in my life. And she's, <laughs> wait, it's literally Florence Pugh and Harry Styles. Come on. It doesn't get more it's, attractive than that. Right. <laughs> I loved it because I've never really, like, seen Harry, like, um, I don't know, act in anything. He's incredible. Just, so good. He's, He's so gorgeous. It made me love him. Because mm-hmm. I'll be honest, like, his um, 
like style mm-hmm. that he's got right now yeah. with like the paint and nails and, and nails. wearing the dresses. Like mm-hmm. I'm not really Yeah. It's not for you. Right. Particular. Like I'm not like, ooh, attractive. Right. Him in this movie though, because yeah. he's like he wears his Ooh, suit. Attra- he was like a fifth, like he's dressed in his fifties attire. Yeah, he's like a businessman. The briefcase. <laughs> yeah, he's a businessman. Oh, you're that's right. He is. And that's very cute. Yeah, yeah. That it really is a good movie. I'm good. I'm due for a rewatch. It's been like a while. I watch it like on HBO. I think, okay, rewatch like it and then we can talk yeah. about it. Yeah, it is everything that you would want. Like in a, everything that we enjoy in like yes. movies. That it's that's what it is. Oh, so good. The only thing I was watching is this like new um short series on netflix i really love netflix's when they come out with those good limited series they're like four to six episodes like really high quality like mystery mm-hmm. shows you know that we we always will watch them yeah this one in particular was like a german one though so it was like dubbed over in english mm-hmm. which bothered me a little bit but the story was really interesting so i still watch it it was called dear child on netflix it's just about this girl who goes missing for 13 years and she pops back up like with her kid and then it's like everything unravels and you see what happens so it was like one of those real good if you want like a quick psychological thriller mystery to watch. And it's like really, it's Netflix, so it's well done. Six episodes, perfect. And that's perfect. Yep. It was How long like, are the episodes? Just like. Mm, not very long. Like not too bad. I watched that's it, perfect. I watched it in one weekend. I just like, and it made me like excited to watch something. That's, that's what, what I need, need in my life. You need something that's like, oh, I want to go, I want to turn that on. Mm-hmm. I want to see what happens with this. Absolutely. People. So that's a good one. Okay. Adding that to my list. Sold. Perfect. Done. Okay. Are we ready? Is it time for the summary? I think it's ready. I think it's time. Y'all, let's this, do it. I need to take a deep breath, bitch. Let's this do is it. Gonna... Wait, you know what? <laughs> it's gonna... Selfishly, I'm like, I get to hang out. <laughs> you, get, you get to <laughs> kick your feet back. I literally can, like, go and take a bathroom break. <laughs> relax. <laughs> Come back. Let me take a sip of my Red Bull, because this is going to take a lot of energy. Yeah, I was about to say, me? y'all, she has to summarize an almost 600-page book. There was, like, of course, things that I left out. Yeah. But well, I tried my best. And you got this. Here we go. Okay, so. Here we go. First of all, we need to give a gigantic spoiler alert, which we have given in previous episodes because the book came with a, like, full-page spoiler alert. I'm sorry. Trigger warning is what I meant to say. So not even a spoiler. Not even a spoiler. Triggers. So here's the triggers. And, of course, spoiler alert. This this summary is a spoiler for everything. So if you haven't finished a book and you want to, like, finish it and come back. Or if you just are a listener and you want like a mini movie, here you go. But this is going to tell you everything that happened in the book. And I'm also probably at the end, if you want to know, tell you what happens in the second book. Because I do know. So I could just give you a quick synopsis. If you you wanna... can definitely give me a quick <laughs> okay. synopsis. You want to wrap it all up and tie it in a bow. I'll, I'll give it to you. And store it in the attic. Yeah. Exactly. Because I don't think you'll be picking up hunting out on the second book <laughs> i will not pick up the second book but that's yeah we'll, we'll save that we'll, we'll let y'all know we'll table that okay so this is the trigger warnings let, let me find them okay rape sexual assault sex trafficking child abuse satanic rituals i think that's about it yeah it's kind of something i think that's it <laughs> okay that that only those five things yeah just those okay so here is the summary this book is told from the perspective of our two main characters, Zade and Adeline, also known as Z and Addie throughout the book. So we switch perspectives between the two of them throughout the story, so I'll just kind of say it as, like, as how it came. So it starts off with Addie. We learn that she's moving into her late grandmother's home, a mansion that has this old gothic look to it. She called her grandmother Nana. Addie loves anything and everything creepy. She like enjoys the thrills in life, to say the very least. She is an accredited author she's kind of like a little indie author but she's got a pretty heavy fan base 
she has a tumultuous relationship with her mother and a really close friend named Daya, who kind of like is her constant throughout the story. Her mom hates the fact that she's moving into her grandmother's old home as she never really had a great relationship with Addie, and Addie was always way closer to her Nana, whose name was Sarah. So when Nana died, Addie moves into the home in hopes to feel closer to her and for the simple fact that she loved this like beautiful, dark, and creepy house. It's kind of like a mansion, as that's, that's how it was described. So as Addie is settling into the new house, she starts to notice some strange things. Apart from the house just being super creepy, she hears random noises throughout the night. She occasionally sees ghostly figures who may or may not be Nana. And then soon after one of her book signings, she begins to notice a rather scary presence around her home, which we will find out is her stalker named Zaid. So let's get into who Zaid is. So we have Zaid Meadows, also known in his work life as Z. He's a man whose life mission is to take down sex and pedophile rings. He's highly intelligent and highly skilled in the art of murdering people. He's extremely quick-witted, strong, forceful, and his overall presence is very overbearing. In his work life as Z, he remains anonymous to most people who work for him. He has employees who work for him as spies, computer geniuses, hackers, hitmen, assassins, all these people who infil- help him infiltrate the sex rings and pretend to be like FBI agents and then basically kill anyone who's involved. So as the book progresses, we find out that there's a secret ring called The Society that's made up of all kinds of different people, ranging from politicians, wealthy people, rich people, famous people, the worst of the worst kind of humans who literally feast on the innocence of others. So Zaid infiltrates these groups of men by pretending to be one of them, getting on their good side, and then he kind of makes his way into their groups. He befriends this man named Mark and starts getting invited to these secret events as he makes his way closer to finding out where something basically like a satanic ritual is held so in these rituals they perform on children specifically virgin children where they kill and sacrifice a young child and this leads them to believe that they'll have some kind of like immeasurable power this club is obviously very hard to infiltrate but z makes it his mission to find the culprits the place of the rituals take it down and kill everyone involved Throughout the book, he takes down several men who he finds out are, like, involved. And by takes down, I mean he brutally tortures and murders them, kills them. He's very deranged as far as murdering people goes. He thoroughly enjoys hurting people, killing them. Um, The thing is, though, he only enjoys doing this to people who he deems deserving of it. So child predators um, and sex traffickers. When it comes to Addie, though, Zaid doesn't really hold back from his enjoyment in harming others. So we'll get back to that very soon. So now we'll get into Addie a little bit. Throughout the beginning of the book, she seems very stressed. She seems a little lost. She's trying to finish some novels that she's working on while she also wants to uncover the truth behind her great-grandmother's death. So you see, we have a little subplot going on in this book. When Addie moved into her Nana's home in the attic, or not in the attic, like in the wall, she found something that sent her down a spiraling path to find out a truth about the murder of her great-grandmother. So she finds Sarah's journals, I'm sorry, Gigi's journals, that's Sarah's mom. Gigi wrote about her stalker standing outside of her window in her journals, always scaring her to bits, but also intriguing her. So Gigi's marriage is falling apart. All she cares about is taking care of Sarah, her daughter, who's AKA Nana. Um, Her husband, was her husband's name John? I think it was. Her husband is an alcoholic and um, can sometimes be abusive. So Gigi is excited when the stalker, who watches her from outside of her home, begins to ignite a fire in her that she desperately needed. And so, y'all, we get all this from Gigi's journal entries as um, we read the book. So as the journal entries progress, we learn that Gigi fell in love with her stalker, stalker, whose name was Ronaldo. 
She has secret sexual relationships with him while her husband is away. And of course, he starts to catch on that something's up with Gigi. He has a best friend named Frank who catches on as well and pleads Gigi to stop the affair as he's just trying to help his friend out. So, it's clear that Gigi, though, throughout her journals, becomes increasingly afraid of someone as we the readers are left to figure out who that is because whoever was scaring her is most likely the person who murdered her in her own home. So, I was going to wait to get back to the answers of Gigi's murders, but I guess we could just go through it now because it's kind of wrapped up randomly throughout the book. Yeah, I would just yeah, so, tie that part in. Yeah, so Gigi's murderer ends up being Frank, who is um, her husband's best friend, who is also the father of Mark, who's in the present day, like included in all of the sex and trafficking rings. So they're kind of connected in some way, but that's really it. Um, the book kind of make maybe makes you think that Zaid is somehow connected to the murder of Gigi because like the parallels between her great-grandmother having a stalker and then her having a stalker but there really isn't any Gigi's murder was kind of tied up in a bow and throughout the story she's trying to figure out with her best friend Daya who murdered her and there you go it was her husband's best friend murdered her in her home it'd be the best friend it'd be be your own friend your own friend (laughs) so okay let's talk about the relationship between Zade and Addie now so Zade and Addie Zade sees Addie one night at her book signing um, from afar, and he instantly decides in that moment that he has to have her forever. He begins stalking her at her house, leaving roses with thorns cut all around for her to find. He casts shadows of his manly figure outside of her windows. He's always there watching her. Addie is extremely terrified of him. She calls the cops on him several times, but Zade is always gone before they arrive. She installs cameras to help her feel safe and catch him, but Zade is always breaking into the cameras and cutting their footage. She can get nothing past him. While he's busy taking down sex trafficking rings, he spends any spare time he has stalking Addie. He's absolutely obsessed with everything about her. One night, Addie takes home this guy named Arch. She has sex with him in front of a big open window, wanting her stalker to see and make him angry. Zade does see this. He bangs on her front door, sending Arch to go outside and investigate. And then Arch is never seen again. Addie calls the cops to let them know what happened and that Arch is missing, but he was never found. Until his hand shows up at Addie's house in a box. As a note from her stalker to let her know that he will kill anyone and everyone who comes between them. Addie continues to cry and freak out and be scared of her stalker throughout the book. She confides in her best friend Daya, who's very understanding but level-headed throughout the story. She tries to get Addie to leave her house and stay with her to keep her safe, but Addie won't do it. She refuses. She wants to stay and face her stalker. So here's where we start to see that Addie might be like somewhat excited by her stalker. Something about it keeps her wanting to stay around, even though she's definitely scared. He continues to stalk her, watch her as she sleeps from inside of her closet, sends her creepy text messages, and eventually her and Zaid make contact. So here's where the sexual assaults and rape happen, so trigger warning. Zaid forces himself into Addie's home. He tells her that she will learn to love it, their sexual relationships, and basically that she's going to be forced to worship him, like in his own words. He penetrates her with a gun for the very first time, yes, an actual gun, to which her body does start to kind of like go against her and her head, it, it's kind of, her body's getting turned on while she's screaming no. So this happens most of the time that he rapes her, though she always starts off by screaming and fighting back, crying, begging him to stop, begging him to get off of her. Um, most of the rapes like in the beginning aren't like sexual penetration, but they're with his mouth or his fingers or a gun. Um, but sexual assault nonetheless so he doesn't listen to her pleads for stop he keeps going until she's forced to enjoy it or not there were some times where it didn't seem like she enjoyed it she was literally crying from pain 
But we always got her inner monologue throughout these like rape sessions where she would say something about this makes her exciting, that her body kind of loves the thrill of it. Thrill of it. She starts to even fantasize about him when he isn't there and finds herself wanting him to come back. He always takes it too far, though, by strangling to the... He even strangles her to the point where she almost passes out, and then he brings her back. The sex is always very rough, very hard to understand, and very confusing. There are anywhere between, like, five to eight sex scenes that were not consensual. Throughout Zade's point of view, things seem a little different. Like, he seems like he cares about Addie. But then when you get the sex scenes from Addie's point of view, they're very forceful and it makes you just be like, there's no way he can possibly care about her. So at some points, Addie begins to enjoy it like thoroughly. She starts to kind of match his energy, but usually always started off non-consensual. At one point in the book, Addie has to go to one of the society events as Zade's date because Mark, the creepy pedophile and sex trafficking ring person, actually saw Addie and targeted her. So in order for Zade to protect her from the scary men, but not himself... She has to attend this event with him to show basically that she's untouchable to them. Okay, so anyway, that was like a little side note of something random that happens. The rape continues after that. It isn't until they have this haunted house fair come to town where they have like consensual sex for the first time. Okay, y'all, we're almost done, kind of. At this fair is where the plot begins to pick up. Addie and Dyer are enjoying themselves. They love the fair. They go every year. They love the spooky vibes and the scary haunted houses. So Mark and his men are there, and they have their eyes on Addie and Daya. We find out that Addie had been targeted by the society all along, and they were going to try and kidnap her. Zade follows them around, kind of keeping close eyes on Addie and Daya, make sure they're safe while they have their fun. And then he ends up killing Mark and his friend, Mark and his pedophile friends with this crazy clown named Sibby. She's a whole other plot that we just don't have time to get into. But basically he has help murdering them, and then the other girl takes the fall for it. So Mark and all the guys are killed, but not before Zayd has had his chance with Addie in the haunted house full of mirrors where he finds her and tells her to, quote, run, if I find you, I fuck you. Okay, well, he finds her, and here's where it's consensual-ish. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> in this mirror room, she's very super into it. She, like, kind of instigates it. They have this life-changing, blow-your-mind sex in this room full of mirrors, and she has, like, this awakening, um... Then she's disrupt, like interrupted from it when Daya starts calling her. She's worried about her. She's like, where are you? So Addie runs out of this like mirror creepy room. And then Zade continues to go on and kill Mark and his men. So more stalking, rough sex happens between them. After this, Addie more or less starts inviting him into her home and spending more wanted time with him. Addie and Zade are very much falling in love now, though Addie struggles internally about the whole thing. She's still confused. She knows that she should hate Zade, but she can't help it. She loves him. She's infatuated with him. She says so many times that she knows what he did to her was evil and terrible, terrible. but her, in her own messed up brain, she started to like it. He starts to train her in self-defense because he knows people are out to get her, even though his identity is a secret, being with him can still be dangerous because of the work that he does. He has one final elaborate plan to infiltrate one of the satanic child's sacrifice rituals. He lines everything up for this work and goes to the place of the ritual playing the part of a willing participant. He makes it in there. He's given a robe and all the other creepy things that child predators wear to these rituals. He's even brought to the point of having a young child presented to him and a knife presented him, presented to him as if he was meant to kill the child to like be initiated into the, the society. Here's where he pulls some kind of secret trigger for his men to come in and raid the place as mass FBI agents to kill people involved and save the young child. But something happens. A bomb of some sort goes off and we realize that someone has been onto Zade or Z. 
He's badly injured in the bomb, and this is where we kind of stop Zade's point of view at this point in the book. We switch over to Addie's point of view, who gets a text from Daya in the middle of the night saying that something is wrong. She needs to come over. Panicked, Addie gets in the car. She rushes towards her best friend's house. Before she can make it, she's rear-ended by another car. She gets into a terrible crash and is pulled out by some really bad men. Addie's kidnapped, and the story ends here. And that's it. Thank you, Colby. <laughs> You're welcome. For the summary, for sure. We did it. We did it. Oh, man. That was it, y'all. Are you ready to, to discuss it even further? Yep. Like, I'm ready to I've get into it. I've been waiting to discuss this book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's just jump into our discussion-based questions. Okay. Let's do and it. And I'm so glad you gave that gave that summary because yeah. it took so long to read the book. You need a refresher. And that really was absolutely needed a refresher. Mm-hmm. And that was like all the important stuff. So yeah, definitely. we're good to go. Okay. Um, what feelings did you have towards Zaid while reading? Well, this is where I'm a little conflicted mm-hmm. because I felt very hateful towards him. Like most of the book, like I felt very triggered by those scenes. I did not enjoy them. Um, however, when we had Zade's point of view, I sometimes found him like the way the author wrote him to be like very funny mm-hmm. and charming. And he seemed a lot more gentle from his inner monologue. Like, it was more or less his actions with Addie told from her point of view that I, like, hated him. He literally scared me. I wanted her to kill him. Yeah, Sometimes, I agree with though, that. Sometimes, his point of view, I was like, okay, like, I kind of love him. He's so funny. He's, like, and, like, what he stood for, I suppose, was good. Like, you know, yeah. the vigilante things. But, it, like, he felt very contradictory to me to do what he did in a line of work. And then the things he did to Addie felt very mismatched. And I just felt very confused and, like, annoyed by him throughout the entire book what about you (laughs) Uh, he was very interesting yeah an interesting character for sure Mm -hmm. and at times I agree I felt myself really liking him yeah I don't know something about the way the author wrote him yeah it was it was perspective for sure it was the way he was created as a character he was created in my opinion Mm -hmm. to be conflicting I think so and I think that was for us as readers to like um Decide. judge our morals and ethics like right he was a morally great character and I guess it was meant for us to decide how we felt about that right because one second we're like you bastard like mm-hmm. stop doing this to Addie mm-hmm. but then like you're saying when we have his point of view mm-hmm. you're almost like oh well, I'm so glad you exist keep doing what you're doing exactly and some of the scenes I could like get behind with him and same, Addie same most of them I couldn't some of them Fuck I could no. <laughs> Some of them I could, but I did feel very conflicted by him. And I'm glad you brought that up because I do believe that was the point of his character was yeah. to like test how far you could go. Yeah. And, so. and, and agree. And, and how would you, I think let's, this is a perfect segue. Yeah. Um, if you were Addie, how do you think you would have reacted to being stalked mm-hmm. or just like being her character in the book? Okay. This is so hard because I know so many people feel I feel like you feel one way about the book or another. Like, I've looked up so many reviews. Me too. And some people feel really strongly and some, uh, about hating it. And a lot of it is because I think of Addie's reaction to it. Like, of course, some people victim blame her. And, like, I do think she was a victim in this book for sure. Yeah. But if I was Addie, I don't see a world in which I could love Zade. No. Like, I just don't. Like, I don't care how gorgeous he was. I don't know if I mentioned that in the summary, but he was supposed to be, like, this 
beautiful man. Inc- and if, incredibly striking. Incredibly striking. And if you look up fan art of him, which I did, yeah, he is. And he so, is gorgeous. And I pictured him as the fan art as I read it. Like, I pictured mm-hmm. him looking like that. Same, and so same here. sometimes when he was being... Like, his inner monologue, I was like, okay, I kind of love him. Like, he's so hot. He's so funny. Mm -hmm. But most of the book, from Addie's perspective, hated. And so, if I was Addie, I don't think that there's a world in which I could have fell in love with him. But, like, also, Addie mentions many times in the book that, like, this is something sick and twisted in her brain. Like, Mm -hmm. she knows that the things she's turned on by, like, aren't normal. And she mentions And she does acknowledge that. Right. And so, that's not for us obviously, to judge, like, what other people are into. I agree with that. Me, personally, like, I'm not into rape. So, (laughs) like, I'm not into sexual assault. Yeah, it's definitely not, um, it's not what I'm into. No. Personally. Right. (laughs) And it's actually, like, a very big fear of mine. Yeah. Me, too. And I think that's why throughout the entire book, I was uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because rape Mm -hmm. and sexual assault are such fears Yes, and they, and to throw them around, okay, the author didn't throw them around lightly. She obviously gave many trigger warnings. Right. And I wouldn't say, some people say she's romanticizing it. I guess you can look at it either way. Like, you can look at it as a way to bring light to how terrible it is, mm-hmm. or you can look at it as a way of, is, she, is the author trying to romanticize it? I really don't know. I don't know. I mean, for me, I'm like, it's a book. Yeah. Like, it's, it's fiction. Mm-hmm. You read what you want. And, and there were... At any point during the book, I could have stopped reading it. Obviously, 100%. I wanted to see it through, and I wanted to know what came of it. I'm so glad you brought that up, too, because something that my sister-in-law, Victoria, said was that, like, lovers of dark romance love it because it's fictitious, and it's not real, and it's a form mm-hmm. of escapism, and, like, it's not for everybody, and that's okay. Exactly. And just so it just might not be for us. See, and I'm, I respect that. Me, too. And I think that that's where I'm just, like... Yeah, maybe that style or genre of romance just isn't Mm -hmm. because I'm not like I am into smut. I'm here for it. Yeah, I don't think I think we're not into the trope of forced sex. That's what it is. Yeah, that it does nothing for me. If anything, it makes me angry. Like, right. I found myself reading Addie's point of view and being like, you could do more, even though she was a victim. Yes. But like, okay, for the longest time, I was like, bitch. Get some cameras in your house. Like, what are you doing? And that's where I was, like, going with, if I was Addie, mm-hmm. I would tell everyone I knew exactly. that there was this man outside of my window. Right. And I was not, I felt I was being stalked. And I would move houses. Like, if, like, I yes. would go and stay with someone else. Like, she refused go to leave. With, um, Daya. Daya. Yeah. She refused to leave. She did call the cops several times. And, of course, it was, like, kind of dismissed. There wasn't much they can do. And weren't the um, reports lost right because right because they had so much like um uh power power and intelligence like uh technological intelligence where he was able to like lose the police reports and like mess with her camera footage there's still so much more you could do like i would literally call the fbi and if no one listened to me i would move countries (laughs) like i would i'm sure there's somewhere she could have gone i know her and her mom didn't get along great but i'm sure as a mother if your daughter was being stalked and didn't feel safe you would let her you know come stay with you exactly but i guess another thing to to say is that like she acknowledged that something about having a soccer made her excited and that's just her thing it's just not ours like exactly and if, if it was my thing then i'd be like all into it, yeah. Baby. Yeah, Zade, like. <laughs> Z-baby. I see you. 
I'll send you a text. Yeah, which she and she did start yeah, doing that. Like so they she started got into texting. It. So I think overall, like if we were at it, we just would have done so much different in the beginning because like that just actually, not into it. That terrifies me. Like nothing about that makes me excited. Same. Or like sexually aroused. Like it actually scares me <laughs> terribly. Oh no, yeah. I'm like, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. I'm uncomfy. <laughs> um, okay. What did you think about the mm. subplots about Gigi's murder? That whole Yeah. Like part I, of the book. I felt like it could have been so much more interesting. It like kind of made me intrigued. Like I liked getting the journal entries. I think it I was a little thriller. It was a little bit of a thriller, and that's yeah. what I liked about it. I thought Gigi was like kind of a queen. Gigi. Oh, Gigi with that lipstick. <laughs> yeah. The she, little kiss. Yeah, she um kiss marked all of her journal um, yes. entries and she was just like kind of fabulous. Like, Ronaldo kind of was, like, the pajama of the story, if you think about it. Like, Surprisingly. <laughs> like, Gigi stalker Ronaldo, he was in the mafia. Like, he actually had to hide from everyone because he was in dangerous business and he didn't want to risk Gigi's I wonder life. if he has fan art. We, he I must. bet you he's so handsome. He's probably so handsome. And, like, her actual husband was kind of an asshole. So, like, I can get yeah. behind Gigi stalker. And he's, he, Gigi didn't say that he like physically and sexually abused no, her. No, she was just into. She, she fell in love with him. She fell in love with him. She had gentle love with him. Like gentle? Yes. Consensual love. Exactly. See that? I can get behind. A stalker <laughs> to lover trope in Gigi's situation, I was here for. Her Gigi and Ronaldo were in game for me. <laughs> I just want their story. <laughs> me too. I don't care about Addie and Zade. Yes. Gigi and Ronaldo. Yes, and they were like in the forties, like so fabulous, but you know, it kind of fell short, I guess, like it, when it ended up being, like, the best friend was actually in love with her. Like, it could have been better. I agree. I think for me, and I'll bring this back up again, mm-hmm. but it's that subplot was just too far-fetched for me. Mm-hmm. I was super invested in Gigi's murder, again, because it was like, ooh, a little piece of thriller. Yeah. But in what world is the great-grandma, right? Gigi was mm-hmm. Addie's great-grandma. Yes. And the great-granddaughter both have a stalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They both fall in love with said stalker. And then there was no connection. The least it could have been was a connection. A connection. And then Nana mm-hmm. and Addie's mom cover up the murder. Like, you don't want people. At- right. I couldn't wrap my head around that. I didn't that. even mention that part. Yeah, that just was another thing that just made no sense. To and me. then Di is just like, oh, we're going to test. Because there were some, um, they found this watch in the attic. And it was like, please don't tell anyone I did it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, are you kidding? Like, mm-hmm. you literally leave this evidence. And the evidence has a been there forever, note. and it's, no one ever found it. It's always been there. It's a handwritten note. <laughs> and then there's, like, some blood splatter on a watch that's left with the note. And is like, we're going to DNA. We're going to test this blood. Murder solved. This crusty blood from the 1940s. They solve it. <laughs> they crack the entire case. All at once. Yeah, like, that could have been an entire really actually interesting story. Yes. And I could have shipped. Gigi and Ronaldo stalker to lover because it yeah. wasn't oh. it wasn't rape and preach sex. yeah preach. so that it was, was a just flop it for was me. a flop yeah <laughs> I agree all right so what parts of the book did you enjoy okay I enjoyed Daya and um Addie's friendship like I found their friendship to be interesting I thought Daya was like she was a cool girl she gave me like Shyla energy from womb like she what was, a good connection. Yeah, she was very much, like, down to help. But she also was level-headed. Like, she was like, bitch, this is crazy. You need to leave. And, like, Addie was just being so headstrong that 
Daya was just like, okay, I literally can't help you then. Like, you're being crazy. But she also was, like, a really good friend. Like, I felt like she was like, you're being nuts, but I love you. So if you're in love with him, I guess, like, that relationship between Daya and Addie was, like, an actual, Mm -hmm. felt like a real-life friendship. Like, that was part of the book that I didn't feel like was far-fetched. Exactly. And I liked reading about, like, an actual really good female friendship. So that was something that I enjoyed. And she was a strong character, too. She was. She was in it. She was smart. Mm -hmm. She was in it a lot. What about you? What did you enjoy? Okay. I loved the haunted house realm of the book. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, I like that type of shit. Yeah, I like that, So I thought that was cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Finding out what the roses represented, like why Zayd would leave the roses. Yes. So he would leave the roses because that's what he would... He would leave him for his mom, right? Or mm-hmm. the mom's favorite flower was a rose. Yeah, it was a connection to his mother. It was the connection to his mom. So I was like, okay, see, that's gentle. And that humanizes sweet. him in a way. Yeah. And it makes you realize he actually cares for Addie at some level. Mm-hmm. Um, I did enjoy that, too. So that was some of the parts of the book that I enjoyed. Yeah. You have any other parts? No, that's about okay, it. Okay, yeah, that <laughs> about sums it up. <laughs> I, I also did like, though, Addie's character in some ways, just because I like how the author wrote her. Like, some of her inner monologue was kind of funny to me. Like, she would just be, like, she was just, like, a straight-up character. Like, she was very open and honest with herself. Like, at least she wasn't, like, playing, like, a dumb bitch. She was, like, oh, my God, I don't know why he won't leave me alone. She was, like, no, he won't leave me alone because, one, he's nuts. He's psychotic. And, two, like, I'm kind of liking it. Like, at least she was self-aware. I'm leading this <laughs> yeah. in this direction. At least she, she was self-aware. Mm-hmm. She was. And that kind of leads us into the next question is, how did you feel about the writing in this book? Okay. So that, like, I kind of enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to talk about the sex writing and the smut writing, please. Like, I can't. I absolutely despised it. And, there were, okay, not all of it. There were mm-hmm. some scenes, like the mirror scene where they had sex for the first time in a consensual way. Right, 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 I was okay with. It didn't bother me to read that. But apart from the sex being, like, actual sexual assault and forced and, like, made me feel very uncomfortable and angry and triggered, like, it was also so corny to me. I hated it. I agree. I was like, please make this stop. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even want to read this book anymore because Mm -hmm. of the cringy writing. It's... And I get it. I guess you have to, like, bring it to life. But, yeah, you do have to bring it to life. But there has to be another way. Yeah. There's got to be. And maybe this is what we were kind of saying in the beginning about this book kind of opened our eyes to what we enjoy. Maybe cringy smut. And maybe it's not even – I hate to say cringy because a lot of people don't look at it as cringy. They really like it. And that's completely fair. That is fair. But I say cringy because it makes me physically cringe. Like, it makes me – Physically cringe and just, like Mm – Stop. I'm embarrassed. Yes, it makes me feel like, so uncomfy. Addie and Zaid, I'm embarrassed for you right now. Like I I'm secondhand embarrassed. Easily like over your sex. The verbiage that they said, the verbiage that Zaid used, growl. I was about to say, you already know. <laughs> the I was done with the book because I wish I would have counted how many times the author used growl <laughs> throughout the book. I it had to be a hundred. In their sex life, like what is, I just picture him, uh, like, is, <laughs> that's what, I'm like, what do you mean growl? She's Don't like. Don't growl at me. Like, what are you, no. a werewolf? <laughs> what are you? <laughs> Some kind of dog? <laughs> what else? <laughs> Literally. And she would be like, it's coming from the deepest, darkest pit of hell. His growl. He's on top of me. He's like. Ugh. It's awful. 
What? I did not understand. I also just have to say, Mm -hmm. I feel that some of the writing was kind of immature at at times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. And, like, I I don't know if it's inconsistent. Because it did stay the entire way of the book. It stayed the same style. Mm -hmm. But it just felt like they're not kids. But it felt so young. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I found it to be also very repetitive because it was like sex scene and then Addie's inner monologue. I'm so distressed. Like, I hate myself. I hate Zayd, but I like having sex with him. Another sex scene. And she'd be like, I hate this. I love this. And then another sex scene. It was like yes. on and on. Following some same formula yeah, throughout of, the book. Of sexual assault. And then her being like, but it's not because I like it. And then it was just like repetitive to me. Yeah. And I did feel like the sex scenes were just so cornily written, like very teenage, like. <laughs> okay, so can we talk about cringiest, cringiest yeah. quotes from the book? Okay, yeah. So this is, okay, let me see. Most of them, my first two <laughs> I are. I wonder if we have the same ones. We might, because my first two are from when they had sex. And then. My, <gasps> Mine too. My third one is one that made me be like, whoa, Zayd, you're too much. Wait, I think all, all three of mine are from when they were having sex. Okay, so my last one is like, just like very shocking. So okay. what is your first one? Have you been gossiping, little mouse? Did you tell her how big my cock is? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, also the time, the amount of times they use the C-O-C-K word. I despise that word. Like, I, I know. I hate it. I apologize <laughs> that I just said that word. No. It's for the sake of the book. You have to say it. Don't apologize. It's for apologize. the sake of the book. I don't apologize. I thought about this, listen to this book on audio, and I would absolutely die. It is a terrible word. It's a terrible word. Icky. It's an and icky word. It is. And it might not be for some people. For me, it just, it, it gets me. So. Okay, yours. <laughs> sharp screams fill the air. And there's a moment where the pitch is so high, I fear I broke something deep beside her. I'm just like. Tragic. So, is she like. <laughs> <laughs> that high? She's screaming? <laughs> or is she screaming in pain? I don't even remember. It might have been. <laughs> because she, you're hurting her so bad. Congratulations. Blade yourself. <laughs> Congratulations. What's um, your next one? I'd walk on glass if it meant getting to Addie's mouth again. Oh, oh my God. That's another thing. Like, he literally forced her to do that to him. Right. So many times. And she would literally be crying her eyes out. She's, like, screaming, crying, throwing up. With his penis in her mouth. Awful. And he's like, yeah, keep doing it. And she's like, I kind of like that. Like, what? You were literally <laughs> crying. About to throw up. You can't breathe. <laughs> what? There was one point, there was one sex scene where she, like, ran away from him. Because she's like, stop, stop, stop. I yes. hate this. I hate you. Leave me alone. Like, I can never love you. I hate this. She's being serious. She runs. He's like, okay, run then. I'm going to come catch you. And she's like, no. Don't. So she runs. <laughs> she runs into the woods. He catches her. She's got bruises all on her feet. Her feet are scrapped up, cut up. And she talks about he he slams her against the tree. She literally says the tree yeah. bark is scratching my back. Yep. And he's just ramming into her. And yeah. she's just like, I, I can't. Also, don't forget, at one point she falls down and he rips her leggings off and smacks her lady bits. <laughs> Like, full hand like you would bitch slap someone. 
And then he rips her leggings <laughs> off. And she's like, she goes home and she's like, I kind of like that. Why? What? Why? Wait, or he straps her into the car? Yes. Oh, With my the God. Belts? Yeah. Then he, oh, and then he bites her so much it makes her bleed. He bites her vagina. She screams <gasps> in pain. Oh, my goodness. I can't. It's so, it's so bad. Okay, next, next cringy quote. Okay. She says, oh, this is what he tells her. One day you will realize you're not trapped in my prison, he murmurs roughly. You are in my church where I am your God and you are my equal. I'm not jail, little mouse. I am your sanctuary. Vomit. Like, like okay, you're not, you're literally not God. Like, that is the most toxic thing I've ever heard that you're going to force someone to look at you like a you're their God. He thinks he's such an alpha. Yes. And it's like. Because you kill, you kill people? And relax. women that you love. And I, you have two di- discolored eyes that are like gorgeous. That doesn't mean you you're a God. you think because you're handsome? <laughs> right. He needed to be humbled. Oh. Have a slice of humble pie. He needed to touch grass. For real. <gasps> For real. <laughs> like that. I felt like there was a lot of, a lot of times when they were having sex that they, he referred to it as religion. Like, I am your God. You're going to worship like me. That was like a underlying. Yeah. And like, I, I just can't imagine. Somebody told me that. I would literally be like, relax. Uh, we're done here. We're done here. Like, you're literally not God. Blech. If you're God, give me a million dollars. Pay well, off. Let's, let's switch <laughs> this around a bit. Right. Put the money in my hand. Hand it over. <laughs> like, sugar daddy. You're right. That's it. <laughs> sugar zaddy? I would have handled. <laughs> but him thinking that he was literally a, an actual God and a higher being, yeah. like, no, you're not. You're forcing this upon me. Like, he was crazy. Right. And you're calling me little mouse. No. Insinuating that I'm weak. Exactly. 100%. That was one thing that aggravated me so much. That I was just like, she was just like this weak little girl. And no matter what, she was going to bow down to him. And like, she did. I know. So, she like gave him what he wanted. She did. And she liked it though. I don't know. Right. It was so, that's why it's so confusing because she would cry. She hated it. And then she liked it. So it's like, we can't feel bad for her because, but we can, but we can't. I don't know. I, I know. It's such a weird. It was so gray. I also have, um, you have five seconds before I rearrange your organs. <laughs> I hated that. It's disgusting. Stop. Then I, okay. This one like shocked me. This was like in the beginning of the story too. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's crazy. He said, all I want to do is break her, shatter her into pieces, and then arrange those pieces to fit against my own. I don't care if they don't fit. I'll fucking make them. Like, you're scary. You're scaring me. You, how he, is that love some, to me? some serious, right, that's not love. Right. Why don't you just take her on a date? <laughs> how about you get to know her? Right. How about you just pick her up in your car? And take her to the movies. Go to Chili's. <laughs> right. But they instead. They need to go to Applebee's and relax. I know. Have a margarita. <laughs> Calm it down. But I guess, though, that was the point. Like, I yeah. think dark, like, dark romance is to fill people's deepest, darkest desires and, like, test how crazy it can go. Like, it's fictional. It's not real life. It wouldn't actually happen. Right. And I just think I personally didn't enjoy reading that. No. And that's like our next thing is like mm-hmm. overall takeaways. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's so perfectly said. Yes. I, where is it? Okay. I had it in my notes, but I can't find it. But I think it's so interesting because we both thoroughly enjoyed Womb, mm-hmm. which was like so deranged and so off the wall. Like, I don't even think we could have thought of that on our 
Like, we would have never envisioned that or created that or talked about it in any way. Mm -hmm. The things that happened in that book were terrifying, disgusting, deranged. Actually disgusting. Vile. But it, it, it wrapped together and left such a impactful message honestly yes and there it served a purpose it's one of my favorite books me too (laughs) truly like you ask us like for a book rack like womb is gonna be on there it is but it's weird it's not weird it's just Mm -hmm. interesting because some people did find womb like a bit too much yes and we were both kind of like okay this book just like Mm -hmm. this book meaning haunting adeline just wasn't it for us i don't know did you like it i found haunting adeline to be too much i did too I didn't enjoy it because mm -hmm. when you read, you do want, and we've said this before, like we read because you want to be taken to a new world Mm -hmm. or, you know, out of your current reality. Yeah. And I didn't find myself wanting to finish the book. I was just like, please be over. Yeah. And I think that's why it took us so long to read because I found myself in like a, just a place that I didn't want to be when I was reading it. Yeah. And life is too short to read books that you don't enjoy. However, I'm very glad that we read this because- we mentioned this in the beginning and now everything's kind of coming full circle that I think this book taught me and you what we really, really enjoy reading. And that's just more psychological thrillers, plot driven books. Yes. A hundred percent plot driven. Like couldn't have said driven. that better. Yes. I felt like this book was very much like character driven and the plot was kind of just like an aside. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm learning that romance isn't really for me. I think I enjoy thriller, psychological thrillers that ha- include romance, a romance. Yes. Um, or I've read some romances that I really liked. Like there's this one book that I wanted to mention called Before We Were Strangers, mm-hmm. I think by the author Renee Carlino. And that was just a straight up romance. Like there wasn't much mystery to it. Or like Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover was just a romance. Yeah, and it was and I so enjoyed good. It. And I did enjoy I did it. enjoy that. So I think what I don't really like is dark romance. Yeah, I think it's just not my genre no and and i'm okay with that i'm okay with that and smut too like i think i'm finding myself that like if a book is smut driven it's not for me because i don't care like i just don't care to read that if it naturally happens in the plot and it drives the plot Mm -hmm. for some reason i'm fine with it me too and it serves a purpose absolutely but a purely like you said a smut driven book Mm -hmm. i just feel like why why give this yeah. The energy. If, exactly. If I'm not getting anything, anything from it. Kind of like that's how we felt, I think, about Archer's Voice. These Archer's Voice yeah. and this book together has taught us a lot about what yes. we like. And I'm glad that we expanded and we went into it open-minded. And now we know that, like, it's better, I think, to just stick with what you know. And it's okay to try new things. And we did. It's right. Just, it wasn't for me. I felt like it was too much. I didn't enjoy the forced sex trope. It just, no. it wasn't for me. I completely respect that it is for some other people oh yeah you like what you like exactly but I just I found myself not enjoying it at all no it just wasn't I just didn't love the book Mm -mm. I didn't like it but I do have um oh yes Brooke's thoughts Mm -hmm. Um, oh let's hear it yeah so she said I was totally into it at first I was intrigued by the stalker and how it would relate to her Gigi stalker and murder As I kept reading, I felt like it started to get a little far-fetched, especially the whole part with the fair and the crazy girl. Mm -hmm. I took a break from it and came back, and it was hard for me to finally finish. When I did finally finish, I was pissed because it just ended, and I took all that work for the book to just end. I couldn't bring myself to read the second book. I was so over it. Okay, completely fair. Um, do you want me to tell you real quick how th- what happens in the second I book? I would love for you to tell okay. me how the second book and is. tell Brooke to listen to this because she'll yeah. find out. So also, spoiler, if you plan on reading the second book, 
skip ahead uh, a couple minutes. I'll just tell you quickly because my mm-hmm. nanny finished the second book because it ended on such a cliffhanger. She wanted to know what happened. And Victoria, my sister-in-law, read mm-hmm. the second book. So basically what happens is Addie's kidnapped just like the, the book ends. Zade, I think she's kidnapped for like a totality of a couple months. Zade spends that whole time depressed, freaking out, anxious, looking for her. While she's kidnapped, she is actually raped by, like, terribly, in great detail, by the sex trafficking ring people. Um, it was actually Mark's wife, Claire, the guy who uh, Zaid killed, who was in charge of the whole sex trafficking ring. Um, so she, like, is leading it. They kidnap Addie. She's raped and tortured. Daya as well. Zaid ends up finding her, killing everyone. And Zayd and Addie go through, like, a terribly rough patch where she's traumatized. She's trying to heal. He kind of has, like, a redemption arc because he's gentle with her for a little while. He's letting her heal. However, he goes right back to his ways. Once she kind of gives him a little inch, I hear, that's what I've heard about the book, that he goes back into the forced sex. She is the same. Like, she hates it. She's Mm -hmm. traumatized. She kind of likes it. She almost kills him one night because she's so traumatized she thinks he's someone else. It's just more dark rape stuff. Okay. And it ends by they get engaged. And that's it. So <laughs> I'm sure there's like, and it's so long, so there's so much more that right. goes into it. A lot of people say it's Zay's redemption arc. My nanny felt like it just made her hate him even more because he still did those same things to her once she quote unquote healed. Right. So, well, I'm glad you kind of wrapped that up for yeah, me. That was and it. now I can move on with my life. That's it. From that. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, Okay. I have two um, listener thoughts as well. Okay, so perfect. I have my nanny. I want to read my nanny first because she uh, like is more on us, and then I'll mm-hmm. end it. And then I want to read um, Victoria's, who enjoyed the book. So that'll give us another perspective. Yeah. So when I was asked my nanny about the second book, she said, "I think Addie was only kidnapped for about two to three months. Zay definitely did calm down for a short time, but then he started the crazy rape shit again. He even was calling her a whore and things like that. So that's when I was done." Like, dude, she's been through enough. Please just let it go. It was very hard to read. I mean, the book ended with him waking her up out of a dead sleep, sodomizing her, and then slipping a ring on her finger. How romantic. I was no. like, no. No. Absolutely not. I, I'm, I'm not reading that book. No. I said, ew, I hate that. I don't understand that. Um, I, don't, I just don't get that. She said she did start to kind of like it again after, so I guess that makes it okay. But, like, the shit just went way too far in the second book. I can't imagine... Her actually liking like liking that, like he was strangling her to the point that she felt like she was dying. I'm sorry, you just have to be a fucked up individual to like that. Or maybe I understand trying it, but the fact that she liked it every time was just bizarre to me. It just felt really far-fetched. I don't think anyone would love being actually abused. And Fuck no. I, exactly. That's how I felt too. I was just like, no. No. So, do you have one more to read? I have one more. Okay, and then I'll um, read Victorious. This listener said this book was nuts i think my favorite part was the house of mirror scene Mm -hmm. i couldn't figure out how i felt about z though because part of me liked him but the other part felt like he was doing the things that he fought against i don't know very morally gray i ended up reading the second book and literally skipped through all of the trauma to get to when he rescued her i just got into the dark romance this year so i've read a few i would def recommend hooked or The Ritual, both were good. And if you're looking for something really crazy, try Den of Vipers. Okay. The craziest book I've read so far. See, I'm into crazy. Like, I if, if I will, If I look up, maybe we can look up what those books are about in the trigger warnings. Because if it's not, like, rape and sexual assault, I'm down to try. 
But like, yeah, I and just, it might be like fun to try it again. Maybe I just feel like we need to stick to what we're. I think so what too. we know and I what think, we like. I think so too. At least for a while. Like yeah. maybe we can come back to this dark romance later on. But I think for now, so we don't get in a reading club, we need to stick to what we know. We really Agreed. like. So this is what Victoria said, and she's somebody who actually really liked the book amongst many people. Mm-hmm. Like and this book was all over. Yeah. Book talk. All over. All over. People love it. And the author is very, she's a very famous author now because of it. So this is what Victoria said. She said, I really love the books. I asked her for this as well. She said, I love the contrast between what he does for a living and the way he seeks Adeline out. It's not so much that Zade was crazy for pursuing her that way, but she also puts him in check. And even though it doesn't seem like it, he, I felt like he understood her boundaries. He knew the world he lived in and behind the scenes, he was low key protecting her. I don't think this was Stockholm syndrome thing. Because I did mention that. Mm -hmm. Because he never kidnapped her and trapped her away. His methods to show his affection were crazy, but he already felt deeply in love. He let his obsession with everything going in his way work. He let that affect his personal life. I know you won't read the second one, so I'll have my thoughts on that. Some people say it's his redemption arc. You see a lot in the second book. In his point of view, you are aware of the devotion that he has for her. And you see the side of him that I love. For instance, every woman and girl he saves. He made a safe home for them where they can seek therapy and help each other go through the trauma of being trafficked. He makes it his personal responsibility to know every single one of them and help with their individual needs. There's one girl who he even wants to adopt because he was the only man that she trusted after she saved, after he saved her. He did the same thing for Adeline when she was saved. He let her go through her healing and made a plan to help her. She tried to kill him because she thought he was back at the house and couldn't stand another man's touch, and he almost let her just kill him. But he talked her out of it gently and explained that what she's feeling is okay. She became stronger and confident in her own skin because of him. I don't think that the point of the story... I don't think that the point of the story is that another girl was tricked into being with a man because she also wanted... Oh, wait. I'm so sorry. I messed that up. I don't think the point of the story is that another girl was tricked into being with a man because she also wanted to explore it with him. Like, she was consensual in that. She had multiple conversations with her friend that she was interested in him. This is a dark romance book, after all, and in order for you to understand and get past all of that fucked up stuff in the beginning is because you need to stop thinking about it like it's real life. So, I that, get, I mean, I get that take. That's fair. And I was glad she sent me that because I was like, okay, it made me understand the people who love dark romances more because it's a, literally a book. Right. At the end of the day. That's what it it's is. It's a book. And it's a fantasy and it's a way to escape. And so I get why people enjoy that. Like we said, it just, we did it. It ain't. It's, we did it. It's not our thing. And it's completely fair. And I'm right. proud of us for going, for, I, for, for being honest. For being honest. And we, we were open-minded and that was it. I really did think I was going to love it though. Me too. I was so excited to read it. Me too. I but thought you for know sure. What? Reading all those trigger warnings, I was like, I can handle this. Oh, this is what I wanted to mention too about the trigger warnings and like my final thoughts too. You mentioned Womb, how it had. Mm-hmm. I feel like the trigger warnings for Womb were pretty much the same. Besides, like, the satanic and um, yeah. ch- child assault, it was just that it wasn't something that we had to accept. I think, like, Womb talked about those trigger warnings. Same for the book Pretty Girls yep. that we read. It was very heavy on rape and, yep. like, uh, a violence and abuse on women. Yep. But it wasn't something that we had to say, okay, this is happening to the main character and we have to accept it and like it. It was like there was so much plot and that was just a small part of the plot. So I think that's how we were okay with those trigger warnings and maybe not these. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Because it goes back to it being part of the plot. Exactly. Not so much part of the character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, Like things that we have to accept about the character. Yeah. That's it. That's it. 
I do wow. have our next book, though. Okay. So yes. we have our next book, and we are going to read The Perfect Child by Lucinda Berry. Y'all, this book is only 371 pages. Yes. It's available on Kindle. It's also available on Audible, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, I think it's going to be a super quick read. Yeah, well, I think so, too. It might be for us, <laughs> but I do think it's going to be a very interesting book. I actually have already started it just because I was like craving something that I knew I was going to be into. I'm so craving Um, it right now too. I think it's going to be really good. So basically um, it's about a young couple desperate to have a child of their own and the unsettling consequences of getting what they've always wanted. We go into more detail of this book on our last episode, um, which was our, what's on our to be read list. Mm -hmm. And we go into much greater detail on this book. So I'll leave it there. Yeah. And you can go check out our other episode if Perfect. you want a more in-depth. Yep. It's going to be perfect. Yeah. I, I, I'm excited for it. I'm so excited. I really want to read a Lucinda Berry book. Me too. She's also like all over TikTok for people who love psychological thrillers. That's what we love. I think we're getting back to our roots. Come gonna, on, Miss Berry. Come on, Miss Berry. And we're going to stay there and like keep doing what we know we really, really enjoy. I agree. So I'm very excited for that. I'm actually going to start it tomorrow. Like I can't You're going to love it. I can't wait. I'm already You're on chapter already, two. already like kind of hooked. Yes. I can't wait. It it starts off like right in the action. Love it. Can't beat that. Cannot beat that. So we will be back with that. I think we'll definitely do a mini episode in between. Oh, yeah. We'll be back to hang with y'all. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram where we shoot the shit with you guys. Yeah. When we do our mini episodes, we'll post like little questions for y'all. So that way y'all can be featured in the mini episodes. It's at Open Books Podcast. TikTok at The Open Books Podcast. Follow us. Hang out with us. If you're listening, go give us a rate and review wherever you listen. Please, please do it. On Apple, you can leave an actual written review. But on Spotify, you can just go give us a little rate. I think it helps us reach us reach our audience. Yeah. So if and you we, love us. We need that. We need it. We want to reach our target audience. Yes. Yeah, so if you love us, go give us a little five-star review. And we will see y'all and talk to y'all very, very soon. Love ya. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.